Hello, Purse Strings listeners. Thank you for listening to WebmasterRadio.fm's most decorated radio series. Discover the Purse Strings listening experience in a brand new way. Introducing the WebmasterRadio.fm mobile app, now available for iPhone and Android. Listen to new episodes live every week or download any of the over 200 past episodes or sample from our extensive library of radio shows that every internet marketer should check out without opening up your purse. Download the webmasterradio.fm mobile app in the iTunes store or in Google Play today. The Gucci Girl, Prada Professional, Coach Queen, or Target Trendsetter. No matter how you describe her, she's the most powerful consumer in the country. Webmasterradio.fm presents First Strings. Join marketing to women expert Maria Ritan, president at Lola Red, as she chats with those in the know so that your business can grow. Now, please welcome our host of First Strings, Maria Ritan. Good afternoon and welcome to Purse Strings. I'm Maria Retan. Thanks so much for joining me today. You can catch Purse Strings right here every Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Each and every week you'll learn how you and your company can corner the market on the most powerful consumer in the country. The 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending. The woman. Well, first up, a recent study that I saw out of Working Mother Research Institute. Those are the folks behind Working Mother Magazine. And they do these regular uh, surveys and studies quite often, but I thought this was particularly interesting. They examined three generations of women who make up the majority of today's workforce, and what they found is that millennial working moms were, were happier and more optimistic than working mothers in other generations. Uh, one of the main reasons, according to the report, is that millennial moms feel more supported by their partners at home and their managers at work. And they also feel better compensated than, say, Gen X or Gen or Boomer peers. Um, when it comes to rating their satisfaction on a number of work and home issues, millennial moms consistently reported greater satisfaction across all of those elements, all of them. Um, now, I'm a Gen Xer, so that makes me a little disappointed. <laughs> Uh, not that I'm not plenty satisfied, I am, but I'm wondering what the millennials have figured out. Um, I think part of it is that they've kind of done a better job at balancing their work life and their personal lives. Now, we know technology can be a good thing or a bad thing. According to millennials, it's not always a great thing. They're saying that those always-on devices have created what they call a nagging sense that the lines between work time and family time have blurred too much. Whereas those of us um, who are in the Gen X or the baby boomers saying that we're grateful for having that technology and it's actually helping us because it gives us an option of working at night and over the weekend. Um, millennials are saying, well, I don't want to do that. I want to take my work time and call it work time. I want to take my family time and I want to take my family time. And it may be that they are simply just doing a better job of comp uh, compartmentalizing both of those areas of their lives where those of us who are Gen Xers or baby boomers are maybe not doing such a great job at that. Now, I like to think that maybe this is just indicative of age, that, you know, as you put more on your plate as you get older, as your kids get older, they get involved in more extracurriculars, that uh, the, luxury, the luxurious approach of compartmentalizing family time and work time may not necessarily be something that we all can accomplish. So it will be interesting to follow 
those millennials and kind of gauge their satisfaction as they age and as their lifestyles change a little bit. Uh, so with that, let's talk about our purse profile. It's the Coach Queen. Uh, this is a woman in her mid-30s. She does stay at home, even though she has a college degree. Household income of over $100,000, has two kids. Uh, typically living in some kind of urban area, has a ton of interest. You know, her home is, is her castle, if you will. She's interested in the art. She likes to travel. Uh, but her family really is the center of her universe. When it comes to shopping and consumer practices, she's shopping for the best price. That's really what's motivating her and really driving her to hit the clearance rack. So if you're a marketer, how do you intersect with the coach queen? Well, her friends. Her friends are the ones that are going to influence her about what she should buy and where she should go when she enters into the store because she, this is a woman who actually does like to go to bricks and mortar. Um, the environment is critical to her. Um, she will make an instant decision once she enters into the store whether she wants to stay there or not. She does a lot of magazine reading as well. So she's reading a lot of traditional home and parenting, shape, and people. And then she's online at a lot of those, you know, the cable outlets that many of us are, HGTV, TLC, Food Network. She's also a big Disney and Nickelodeon fan, thanks to her friends, and she gets um, her news from Fox News predominantly. Well, my guest today um, has a lot of extremely interesting things to say about women, and more importantly, um, how women's characteristics and how that impacts really what's going to happen in the future when it comes to um, the world order. John Gerzma is a best-selling author, columnist, speaker, and social strategist. You may be extremely aware of his books. Many of them have been on the best of list, including Fast Company and The Week magazine. His research writing and interviews, he's been all over. If you didn't catch his books, you probably caught an interview with him, whether it be CNBC, NPR, or Forbes, or The Wall Street Journal, or The Economist. He's definitely one of those guys that you want to um, get his point of view on many different topics. Um, he's uh, been on TED, so you can catch his TED Talk. He's also... Uh, Young and Rubicom also was involved in that as well. And uh, he's on the program today not only because of all the great wealth of information that he can share with us, but really because of a book that came out about a year ago called The Athena Doctrine, How Women and the Men Who Think Like Them Will Rule the Future. Like I said, it came out about a year ago. I'm really excited to have John on the program today. When we come back, we're going to talk to him about the book. But not only that, but his approach to compiling the book, which I found really amazing, the depth of research that it took to put that together, and then the insights that come through the book as well. So stick around more when Purse Strings returns after the break. Purse Strings will be right back after a word from our advertisers. You rely on your website to promote your business. And while you're busy doing what you love, you need a site that can keep up. GoDaddy Web Hosting is built from the ground up for lightning speed, reliability, and rock-solid performance. It includes over 150 free apps like WordPress and Drupal to build and manage your site. And with 99.9% uptime and industry-leading load times, you never have to worry if your site is up and running. Visit GoDaddy.com and enter code HOSTFM to get web hosting for $1 a month plus a free domain. Some limitations apply. See website for details. Guys. 
eyes? Are you suffering from ailment dysfunction? Let MoldingBox.com's online portal system for inventory, tracking, and returns perform for you. We have the enormous tools you need for complete warehousing, shipping, and handling of all your packages, no matter the size or shape, directly to your customers. MoldingBox.com can also fulfill all your nourishing, nutraceutical, and smooth skincare product desires, including green coffee and Garcinia on demand. Plus, let our in-house printing and CD, DVD manufacturing help you enlarge and maximize your coaching and business opportunity potential. We do everything. Fulfillment, shipping, tracking, inside and out, and all in one place. Moldingbox.com. It's shipping made sexy. When you started your business, you first listened to your professors. Now that your business is growing and gaining ground, you only seek out professionals. PPC Professionals, an industry leader for highly optimized search marketing campaigns with over 30 years of combined management experience. Our professional approach to every campaign helps you find every avenue of revenue so that you can not only stay ahead of your competitors, but get a return on your investment and increase your bottom line. PPC Professionals, personal, professional, PPC services. PPCProfessionals.com. Welcome to a radio show devoted to the most popular blog publishing tool on earth. Press this with the wizard of WordPress, Yost Devok. Press this on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Her Strings is back with the Inside Track Days Women. Once again, here's Maria Ritan. Welcome back to Her Strings. Joining me today is Gersma. He's a best-selling author, columnist, speaker, and social strategist, and he's also the author of The Athena Doctrine. How Women and the Men Who Think Like Them Will Rule the Future. It came out about a year ago. John, welcome to the program. Hey, Maria. How are you? I am thrilled to have you on, not only because of who you are and the great knowledge you possess, but you're also a fellow Minnesotan, so welcome. Yeah, it's finally warm out there, right? It is finally warm. You should come visit now because it's, um, it's actually pretty after having a horrible, horrible yeah. winter where all of us wanted to flee the state. Yeah, it's actually decent these days. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be out in the University of Minnesota later in July uh, speaking at the, at the, the um, business school, so looking forward to that. So a bit of a oh, homecoming. Oh, well, wonderful. Well, welcome. Um, Minnesota Thanks. will receive you, I'm sure, with very welcoming <laughs> arms. Um, so the, the book, uh, The Athena Doctrine, first, I just, I just love the title. It came out about a year ago, April of last year. How's it been received over the course of the last 12 months or so? Yeah, we've really had a, a just an amazing experience, and I would say not only just you know from the reception to the book and and the support that, that we gathered uh, garnered from around the world, but also really just the honest on a personal level the experiences I've had. I mean, I have had some just incredible opportunities to speak at some some different forums and. You know, from interviewing Anita Hill to um, a chance to speak at uh, um, in Washington D.C. and getting support now, and and uh, being a supporter of Girl Up, the United Nations Foundation Girl Up campaign, which is uh, taking on a role as our charity, where all proceeds of the book support. So it's it's just been fabulous. And uh, I got to tell you, on Friday I was at a panel on how to get girls uh, into science, into the STEM fields, mm-hmm. and we were. I was moderating a panel with just three of the most amazing women from from the scientific community, and you know, you just 
you get inspired. I think you, you get optimistic when you when you see some of the, the amazing things that, that women are doing, and in particular, just some of these really, really trailblazing uh, women that are out there doing some really incredible things. Yeah, I know. It is very easy to find inspiration around us. And as a mom of two girls, you know, that's that's positive for the future, right? Yeah, you know, I, yeah, I got an 11-year-old daughter, too. Yeah, I mean, it Definitely. is. You want them to have those really strong role models everywhere they look, not just in particular areas that have been f- traditional female areas, but in places like science, in places like politics, which we're still struggling. Um, you know, we want to be able to point to those really inspirational women. Well, and in general, I think your your book is extremely positive for women. Um, I want to step back, though, and talk a little bit about the research you conducted with your co-author, it was extremely exhaustive um, in reading about your approach to it. I know you interviewed 64,000 people in more than two dozen countries around the world. I mean, you traversed the world a couple of different times, everything from interviewing a woman in northern India to political leaders in Jerusalem and everyone in between. Talk a little bit about why the project was so immense and and why you felt like you really needed to have that large of a sample. Well, I think there's been this popular misconception uh, misconception that feminine skills are soft skills and that they are sort of things that don't drive business and don't drive value. And what we found was the exact opposite. That in fact, today, the the world is sort of changing in a way that's become so profound that most business has not caught up. And so really, you know, the, the book is about the rise of feminine skills and competencies, but it's also available to, to both men and women. And so our stories and our data really kind of kind of mapped out two paths. One, which is what were people looking for in a leader around the world, which we discovered were A, more feminine in their eyes, and B, some very surprising things that they were looking for out of leaders, like being more selfless, more collaborative, more empathetic. And then, you know, armed with that data, we went out around the world and, and just started to really you know, interview some very interesting people in the STEM fields, in, in politics, as you said, and they gave us some, some insights into how the world is changing and how if people really want to stay abreast of the future, you know, we need to evolve the way we lead. Mm-hmm. And how did you even go about choosing who you wanted to speak with? Because you did really drive a, a broad array of different types of people. So how did you even begin that? <laughs> Yeah, you know, we um, we well, we started off with the, the data, and we didn't start out writing a book um, about feminine values and, and leadership. We started out writing a book, what people want. We were trying to understand sort of post-crisis needs and and really how leadership might be changing to address those needs. And I think sort of in the process of doing my research, I became an accidental feminist. But um, you know, you know what we found was really you know, a, a, just an absolute thirst for um, people to want to change, for people to want to have these leaders that were more selfless and more collaborative and caring. And so with that, we sort of started to look at um, getting outside the U.S. and going into a, a range of countries that might um, go further than, than the countries where we did our quant research. And so we were really interested in, in countries that were diverse politically, um, geographically, culturally, and um, you know, we went everywhere. I mean, one of the the refer- 
uh, interviews you referenced uh, briefly was, you know, we, we interviewed President of Israel, Shimon Peres, and he had this great line for us, Maria. He said, he said we're in a new world with many old minds. And I think that really sums up what's happening. You know, you have this age where business and so much of, of our political structures and sort of the way we work are all sort of lined up off of these 20th century ideals when in fact you've got this world now that's, you know, social and open and transparent. And we just found a whole bunch of interesting, um, you know, new business models and new thinkers that were taking advantage of that technology and that openness um, to kind of lead in new ways and um, and really build some big businesses. So that's really what the book's about. It's trying to take mm-hmm. a bottom line approach to to these feminine skills and in the process advocate for women and girls. Well, and I think the other aha that I saw coming out of that was that um, the majority of people you talk to were dissatisfied with traditional male behavior. So yes, while there were women out there, or, or at least even if with men with female characteristics they're doing well, that a lot of that was because a they could differentiate themselves because you know the majority of of business was being run a different way, and there was this dissatisfaction that maybe that traditional male behavior wasn't getting them where they needed to go, and um, that there was this overwhelming feeling that it would be better if men were more like women. That was, I, I had to admit, I chuckled a little bit about that. I thought that was interesting. Did you find that to be a takeaway across the board, no matter where you went, that, that in general people were dissatisfied with traditional male behavior and they felt, they felt this positivity toward female characteristics? Yeah, you know, in, in total, two-thirds of people around the world thought the world would be a better place if men thought more like women, which was one of the findings from our book. But what I found striking was the number of men that were frustrated with the conduct of men. Mm-hmm. And um, when we went into very sort of, um, you know, I guess you could describe them as masculine societies, places like India, China, Japan, South Korea, for instance, you had in, in some of those countries as much as 75, 79% of men that were frustrated with the conduct of men. And so when we went into those markets, um, those countries, and, and talked to people, one of the things we, we heard was it wasn't about men versus women. It was just about people being frustrated by politics, by sort of the, the, the conforming of, of customs around culture of business and the way things happen and all that we see has obviously you know adversely impacted women from unconscious bias in companies to you know pay inequality to the the poor representation of, of women on boards and CEOs when in fact you know they guide or influence nearly 80% of the products and services you know in, in our world so I think um, Everyone's just starting to slowly, very slowly come to the realization that, you know, a lot of our problems are related to the fact that we have this imbalance and we need to find a way to redress it. Mm-hmm. And we've been talking quite a bit about, you know, female traits, but we haven't explained what they are. So let's just let's just double down here and talk about what are the, the traits that women possess that have kind of kind of more unique to them than say, <clears throat> the, the male gender? Right. And so first I, you know, should should clarify that I'm by no means a gender expert or anything like that. I'm a I'm a researcher and strategist and what I tempted to do was just to use my my research approach to try to understand what people were thinking and where we stumbled into this is that we had 
designed our, our survey sample where we had half our people um, take a, a range of, of traits. Just, we were curious to understand what if they thought they were more masculine or feminine or neither, and that was 32,000 people. And then the other half of the sample, there was no mention of gender at all. We just wanted to know what they thought in terms of you know, what would create for more ideal modern leaders. And so when we modeled the data, we started to see that these feminine skills and competencies that people described were the ones that were most correlated with what they wanted in a leader. So they were things like, you know, being expressive, um, being collaborative, being um, resilient, but also being loyal and flexible and agile. And, um, you know, many of these qualities people thought were just in short supply today. And um, I think what was striking to us is that the the male qualities, of which there were a number that were attributed to, to strong leadership, you know, decisiveness, um, for one, but the ones that were least correlated were um, aggression, independence, and pride, which I think is so interesting because that's almost the the caricature of the archetype of a you know go go driver, command and control CEO. And so, um, you know, really, I think what the book is about is not that all this is changing overnight and that every company is moving here, but in fact, you've got the most interesting, most modern thinkers that are ones that are breaking away from these structures. And those are the ones that we really focus on in the book. And they come from a range of fields and they're, and they're both men and women. They're, I think the ones out ahead of the curve, understanding that, you know, these are new ways to lead using these skills to take advantage of this, this technology driven open social economy that we now live in. Right. And as you said, we should give men credit because a lot of men have adapted to these skills as well. So it's not just a purely, female thing. It's just something that can be learned. If it's not innate, it can certainly be learned, yeah. right? Totally, totally. And, you know, you mentioned at the start of your broadcast, you know, the, the millennials. You know, we we saw in our data 72% of millennials um, in these 13 countries would work for less money at a companies whose culture and values they admired. So many of the um, of the interesting people that we met around the world were millennials that were driving startups. And um, some of them with profound success. And, you know, there was a, a really interesting guy in, in Japan who, um, he was a kid in a, um, in a dorm in Tokyo University. And after the, um, the tsunami, he was so adversely affected by, you know, the, the, just the scenes of devastation, but he could write code. And so he, stead- he told me he stayed up all night. He, he wrote this string of code, basically creating sort of an Airbnb to help um, families that had an extra room in their home to, to give over to someone who had been displaced from the earthquake. And uh, he basically moved in 14,000 families in three weeks. And I think that's the power that we're seeing. I mean, many of the models we saw and the thinkers were not working top down. There was a lot of very sort of proactive, but very values led um, sentiments to sort of the work that they're doing. And I think some of that comes from our innate, what I believe to be a feminine response to crisis. You know, we always show our, our, our feminine side as a society when you're dealing with, um, you know, adverse crisis, you know, connection and, and compassion. And, and those are the types of models we saw as we traveled the world. They were either based on collaboration, like the rise of peer-to-peer lending in the UK with this really successful company called Zopa, to um, a scientist in Berlin that basically created the first social network for scientists that now has 3 million members. It's called researchgate.org. And 
you know, Dr. Mattish's insight was basically being vulnerable, being open and admitting what you don't know. So, you know, part of this, I think, really is rooted in common sense and humanity, but it's realizing that, you know, these values are values we can use to, to really disrupt sort of the traditional marketplace. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to take a quick break, John, but when we come back, I, I do want to talk a little bit more about the data and how the U.S. sits among other countries across the globe um, around the success of the country and its ability to think like a woman. So more from John Gersma when Purse Strings returns after the break. Purse Strings will be right back after a word from our advertisers. While some affiliate networks can give you offers, Affiliate Offers Network gives you offers that pay big. Why do affiliates work with Affiliate Offers Network? How about because they work with powerhouse CPAs like Affiliate.com? How about that affiliates get paid every Monday to kick off their work week? Plus, learn how their green bucket system can turn your email, display ad, social, video, or mobile impression into profitable income. Get connected today with Affiliate Offers Network. Call 312-560-0175 or visit AffiliateOffersNetwork.com. Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS. Text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm. Sounds expensive. Actually, I sign us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. InternetMarketingNinjas.com is the online dojo of the highly trained and skilled Internet Marketing Ninjas. Disavow documents, reconsideration requests, panda and penguin penalties. Let our superior SEO ninjas confront all of your link-related issues. The Internet Marketing Ninjas are equipped to master any marketing exercise, content creation, authorship, link building, PPC, and more. Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at InternetMarketingNinjas.com. Oh, yeah. My day for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Welcome to The Hook with Katie Kempner, where Katie talks with advertising visionaries, top journalists, cutting-edge creatives, authors, and PR gurus. Hear what these industry insiders have to say about the changing landscape of advertising and PR today. The Hook with Katie Kempner. On demand anytime inside the advertising channel. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Her Strings is back with the Instance Maria Retan. 
I've been chatting today with John Gersma. He's the author of The Athena Doctrine, How Women and the Men Who Think Like Them Will Rule the Future. Came out about a year ago. It's been extremely well received. It feels like, John, your your world has kind of been turned upside down, getting exposed to so many fascinating people, both men and women, who are doing exciting things around the globe, in large part because they have a lot of the feminine traits that are calling for collaboration and listening, and it's it's almost um, it's a form of leadership that that's really capturing a lot of attention in large part because many people are dissatisfied with a lot of that quintessential male um, aggressive um, type of behavior. And um, the research you conducted was extremely extremely inclusive. Um, more than a dozen com- uh, countries, 64,000 people. And some of what I read, um, you drilled down to the, the success of a country and in its ability to think like a woman and showing how tied together those two things are. If, if, can you share a little bit about that data and the countries that are leading the pack based on that data and then where the U.S. sits in comparison with them? Yeah, you know, Marie, what's interesting is the U.S. fits somewhere in the middle. And what I think is really fascinating is that the faster the the growing the market, the more presence there were of sort of these feminine skills and competencies. And um, part of that, I think, is a reflection of the fact that there is, um, you know, perhaps greater opportunity, um, less infrastructure, you know, more sort of entrepreneurialism. Um, but, you know, we, we, in a counterintuitive sort of way, saw really interesting um, dimensions around uh, feminine values existing in, in places like China, for example, and even in India, which we were really surprised. Um, so the, the developed markets were a little bit further behind. I mean, obviously, the, the Nordic countries were extremely progressive, but, um, you know, the U.S. was sort of somewhere in the middle, and um, yet, having said that, you know, the U.S. sort of led the pack in its sort of criticism of these masculine structures. You know, 75% of Americans disagreed that my country cares more about its citizens than it used to, you know, sort of speaking to this lack of, of empathy. That, that we sort of attribute to our leaders. And at the same time, on a personal level, people feel that of Americans, you know, 80% of them felt that collaborating with others is essential to your career, which is sort of the, the rise of, of our LinkedIn world, you know, where increasingly people understand that they've got to do a better job of collaborating and sharing credit in order for the for their own careers to prosper. So, um, yeah, I think it was, you know, pretty interesting to us to see just some amazing, um, you know, rise in, in, of interesting aspects of, of feminine business models that were being built in places you wouldn't expect. You know, we were we were in Colombia, and you know, Medellin, which has been sort of, you know, obviously devastated by civil war and drugs and violence for for many many years. There's just a tremendous resurgence going on there, with uh, it doing in large part to the government and its efforts to to spend nearly two-thirds of its budget um, devoted to people under 30, you know, which I thought was an interesting idea. And um, we were down in Lima, Peru with um, with this incredible chef, Gaston Arturo, who is sort of the Mario Batali of Peruvian cuisine. And he's educated uh, nearly 400 kids. He's pulled them out of the favelas of Peru and taught them to become four-star chefs. So, mm-hmm. you know, 
we saw a lot of that. We saw a lot of sort of social business models with a for-profit, you know, mm-hmm. component, obviously. But at the same time, they were just building these values and building this sense of nurturing and, and sort of hope into the work that they were doing. And that, I think, is the key. The, the key is not that every company is going to do this or every leader is going to do it, but the ones that do are starting to stand out and they're getting strong marketplace support because they're different. You know, they're, they're right. differentiating on feminine values. Well, and they're relatable, I think, for, for a large part of their populations that they serve, right? Their customers. They're, Definitely. They have more hum, human characteristics almost. You know, they're not acting like big business should. The, to your point, they are different. Uh, but they're different for in ways that, again, are extremely relatable. And, you know, um, I talk a lot on this show about just um, – kind of what is what is keeping women from being able to reach the highest levels of the business and there's it's a very complex uh, answer to what's keeping us uh, lagging behind but I think it's just very very interesting that from a worldview it's those feminine characteristics that are are in demand and is making a, a big splash when it comes to success with a lot of companies and yet um, business schools are also teaching a lot of that type of leadership as well, and yet women are still lagging behind in business. And you, I don't think your your study looked at this, but I'm just curious from your expert point of view. You know, why is that? I mean, we're women after all. We have these skills innately. Why why are we still lagging? Why is there at the gap there? Well, it's you know, it's a tragic situation. It is. Number one, unconscious bias. You know, the, look at pay inequality. I think the statistic was that the average woman was working for free up until like April 6th this year in order to yes, be paid at the same rate as men. So, you know, these things have been in society. These social codes, you know, are moving slowly in, in a direction. They're not moving fast enough. But, you know, our hope sort of with the book was first observing and, and presenting the data and then showing these inspiring leaders in a way that would, you know, for the most part, you know, really kind of call the attention to men. And, um, you know, that's why we called the book The Athena Doctrine and, and the subtitle. And, you know, and yet at the same time, 81% of people in our data said that man or woman, you know, we all have these these traits. We can choose to use them. So I think my hope is the more that, that men realize the currency in these and, and frame it that way, frame it as feminine values are driving innovation, feminine dra- values will drive competitive advantage. You know, the more that they value these characteristics, the more they're going to value women in their organizations and the better we're going to create, you know, more diverse teams and and be, be stronger as a result. And it's, and Marie, it's not only my research, there's all kinds of independent research that shows that when you bring women into into management teams, you reduce risk, you know, you improve innovation, you you get a whole host of positive outcomes, including retention of talent, which is a huge issue today. It absolutely is, and that's where we see women um coming into the system, right, coming into business, but it's it, but they can't they can't stay there. You know, uh we have a challenge with keeping women um, in, in companies feeling like they are valued and they are able to um, to progress in their career in a way that values not only them and their career, but also, again, um, their personal lives. So 
there's not a, a single easy solution, but I think what you're doing through your book and your speaking engagements and the the other uh, organizations that you're supporting, it's about elevating the conversation and making for increased awareness around it. And the more we're talking about it, hopefully more solutions will come to the fold. So um, we unfortunately are out of time, but before we depart, you know, you mentioned your visit coming up here in Minneapolis at the university in July. What else is going on? What else is kind of blooming in the future for you? Well, we're doing a lot of consulting inside corporations uh, through through my group um, to to sort of take our data and, and apply it to individual companies to help them, you know, improve the, the diversity in their teams and help them sort of learn these these feminine skills so that they can create more inspiring leaders in their organization. You see in the center there, and um, you know, just um, trying to get the message out there. I think um, men have a huge role to play in this, and I think there's positive um, traction with, you know, dads with daughters like myself. But I also think there's just a, a huge opportunity that, that men can play to, to sponsor and, and mentor and, and sort of champion these values in, in a way that, you know, can start to, to change the needle and so can be practical and say that there's a big opportunity here for the, the right leaders and the right companies that, that realize that this is a way to stand apart from the crowd. Yeah, absolutely in agreement with you. Well, I invite everyone to go to your site, John Gerzma, that's J-G-E-R-Z-E-M-A.com, JohnGerzma.com, to learn more about John, consulting work that he's doing, his prolific body of work, and many other wonderful things that you're involved in. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks, Maria. And thanks to my producer, George. Please join me right here for another day at three. Until then, make it a great one. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program as well as our complete library of programs on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.